Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. And if you know me, you know I love the 20s era. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love drama and thrills, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? You can chat and play with or against others by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blinds. It's me, Kelly Williams. And Troy McEady. And before we get into everything pop culture, want to remind you, we have two live shows, one in New York and one in Boston. November 1st for New York, November 13th for Boston. Come, it'll be fun. We're trying out some new stuff, so you'll be able to see it before anybody else. And we have fun merch. And you can wear the merch to the show now because that was a thing that people asked about last time. And now you can. And I've been referring to it as cunty because it is cunty merch. <laughs> so, Troy, you have to start with Big Brother. I think with our pop culture episodes, it's now become a staple. You open the episode with it. <laughs> so this is so funny. Since I've been able to have these conversations every week about Big Brother, I kept hearing myself talk about how like the the CBS show is so boring. And like, you know, I always say that the live feeds are so much better. I don't know how people sit through the CBS show, blah, blah, blah. And this season, I have been reminded of the importance of the Big Brother episode on CBS because it has been so good. Like, it's been like really, really incredible, the actual episodes. And like, it started, I think that like, it really had a moment just a couple weeks ago because they did a live episode where this guy who I refer to as Matthew McConaughey because <laughs> he's one of those straight guys that does um cowboy drag like oh, yeah you know what I mean <laughs> I lived in Nashville I know exactly what you mean <laughs> but like they don't know that they're just in drag like you're basically dressed like Casey Musgraves <laughs> you're so tough you know and like some of those guys, they teeter on this like Matthew McConaughey thing where they like talk like him and like they kind of like idolize him and they don't even realize it. So this guy, Cameron, is very much Matthew McConaughey. He talks like he's like sipping bourbon and filming a car commercial all the time. And like he speaks in riddles and he's always like, you know, you, you never know which way the grasshopper is going to jump till you put your boots down on the carpet. And it's like, just bullshit. <laughs> But so he's a douchebag and nobody in the house can stand him. And this is so funny. So they did this competition where they held onto a button for 16 hours and it's called the pressure cooker. And it's basically you literally stand in place and hold a button for as long as you can for like days. 
and it leads to like crazy mental things happening and like they start negotiating because they're starving and they pee themselves like it's like nuts oh my god so he did that for 14 hours and he didn't realize that there was a twist in the house that season or that episode or that week i mean so he did all this work to get this certain person to go home held a button for 14 hours and then as soon as the person was evicted it was like like a a, a thing came on saying that there was a twist and that the week was being reset and that none of that basically mattered on live television he found out and like the live feed people knew because like we knew that it was going to happen we knew that this twist was going to happen so we were like all dying to see like how it would play out and it was just so rewarding. So the actual CBS show has been fucking incredible. Right now, he is back in power. Cameron is back in charge. And he has the whole house, like, and all of a sudden, like, the public's opinion on him completely turned because it was, like, fun to root for him all of a sudden when that crazy thing happened. And it was like, this is wild. Like, it just made it was the toss up of it all, the Yahtzee of it all made it really fun. So he's back in power. He's raising hell. My dear sweet Felicia is probably going to be going home. And I'm very sad. I'm going to miss my kooky lady. I'm going to miss my kooky lady. I'm very sad. And I'm, I'm sorry if that was a spoiler, but it's likely that Felicia is going to be going home um, unless she like pulls out some kind of stop. And the, the last thing I want to say about Big Brother, Big Brother before we move on is like, there's a lot of younger people watching Big Brother for the first time. And there's been all this controversy about things that people are saying and not saying in the house or whatever. And I just feel like you have to watch Big Brother not really rooting for someone. Mm. That's the way it's fun. If you watch the show hoping that the good guy wins <laughs> and that the bad guy doesn't, you're really in for a stressful summer. Why are you watching reality TV if that's what you want? <laughs> and that is what people want. They're like, no, like they, it, they're just, it's frustrating. And they're very sensitive and, and soft. And like, listen, this show is rooted in like 90s reality TV where you could just say and do anything. And there's a fucking live feed. And if right. you think that you watch these people for a summer, not say something crazy on a live feed, you're insane. Like you have to kind of just like disassociate and be like, whatever happens, happens. You know, the villain might win. And like, it just, it's okay that that happens. Last week, I actually watched the premiere of Salt Lake City, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And I've kind oh. of been like off of them for after the first season, honestly. But mm-hmm. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy. I'm glad Mary's back. That weird, weird woman. <laughs> Another kooky lady. We need more kooky ladies on TV. The the text message that Lisa Barlow read, and she was like, this is the last time I spoke to Mary. And she said, <laughs> tequila will kill people. I'm the biggest <laughs> liar in all of Utah. She said, my kids need nutrients. <laughs> like, whatever else. Like, yeah. I'm like, Mary's so great. My kids need nutrients. I'm Which like, is like, she does only feed them McDonald's and Burton Taco Bell. 
Let me tell you, the second I started to love Lisa Barlow, again, like first season, I bowed out after, but I'm back in, was when she was like, yeah, for breakfast, I eat Kit Kats and drink a Diet Coke, and then I just go on with my day. (laughs) (laughs) And she thinks that she don't, you can tell she loves ordering her Diet Coke on camera because it's like her thing. Yeah. There's like a moment to be like, can I have a Diet Coke? And And then like like, smirks. (laughs) Yeah, like it's like her moment each episode, which I love. But no, I'm so happy that Mary is back. I just, I love a weird lady. I do. That's why you do a podcast with me. (laughs) I love a kooky, kooky lady. So I was just in Vegas last week. My girlfriend and I took a little vacation and... On um on Friday, we had ourselves a day. We slept through like the show and dinner we were supposed to see because we had a, a day at the pool. The next day, we ended up doing something bougie, which was ordering like the IVs to our hotel rooms to bring us back Ooh. to life. Highly recommend anyone who like is ever thought about doing it. You got to do it, especially when you're 32 and hungover. What's it do? Like, what does it make you feel like? hydrated she also gave us like anti-nausea anti-headache so probably like an hour after getting the iv i felt good as new wow that's so interesting vegas is like wild to me it is insane it's the most insane place i know new york they say that's the city that never sleeps i'm like vegas literally does not stop vegas reminds me of um of being like what's that movie with sarah silverman where they're like inside the computer that um that kids movie wreck it ralph right is that it yeah i think you're right yeah that's a video game movie yes vegas reminds me of wreck it ralph it reminds me of being inside a computer like it's like being inside an advertisement like you're in it for sure it's insane and we stayed at the paris hotel which i highly recommend it's a little cheaper but still nice in the pool they keep it cold. So I feel like that's why we got so like fucked up because eventually mm. you get like hot and you're like, okay, I'll get out, have some water. Mm-hmm. You don't need water because of how mm-hmm. ice cold the pool stays. <laughs> mm-hmm. The last time I was there, I they had this weird um, gold, I'm sure they still have it, this gold like cover on the windows. Um, You could see out of them, but like all the hotels were covered in like a weird film. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's because the sun was reflecting off of the windows and it was turning it into a big giant magnifying glass and um, people were getting like third degree burns in the pool from the reflection of it, it. Like you could still, even though they covered the windows to help, you could still feel it in certain parts where the windows were reflecting down. It was a sweltering heat that I have never experienced in my life. It really is what ants feel like when you do that, when you burn them with like with the sun I, I was like, this is, I feel like I'm, in, I'm inside an oven. It was so wild. And for any of the longtime listeners, I was struck by the travel witch. Um, she got me. <laughs> On Sunday, our flight was delayed, so we had to stay an extra day. And we had to wake up at 2.30 on Monday morning to fly home to New York. <laughs> Where, where did you end up having to stay or did you stay in the same hotel just same hotel luckily they oh. were able to like keep we were able to keep our room and everything oh thank god you didn't have to like stay at the airport or something thank god oh, oh my god that sucks <laughs> but it's okay it was fun just i wanted to um give paris a shout out because that was a nice little hotel 
Did you go to um, Giada's? <laughs> I didn't go to Giada's, but I did go to Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant. Oh, did you like it? It was the food was really good, but service was super slow. Um, the mm. kitchen was slow. Our waitress like kept apologizing, but food was like beyond good. I had steak that you could cut with a butter knife. Wow. I like the vibe of the Vegas restaurant. I think it's like, I don't know. It's my favorite vibe of all of them. Yeah, I would. I, well, I got kicked out of Sir. You remember that night for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was asked to leave. <laughs> no, I like it. I like the vibe of the Vegas restaurant. And like, I don't know. I think Lisa lends herself to Vegas. Like Vegas is where she should be. She's basically Liberace. Right. And I didn't realize... Obviously, I know how big Gordon Ramsay is, like, in the culinary world, but he owns Las Vegas. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There are certain people, I don't remember if I said this the last time that I went there, but there are certain people who, if you've never been to Las Vegas, you can't understand that they would be so famous there. Mm -hmm. Like, Chris Angel is Meryl Streep in Vegas. (laughs) Like Bagans is Liza Minnelli. Hello, hello. Like this, like the Blue Man Group is huge in Vegas. You know, like they are one of the most famous groups in Vegas. Like it's very odd. And Gordon is like that. And um, um, uh, Emerald is like that. The Cake Boss. (laughs) The Cake Boss is so famous in Las Vegas. I love it. <laughs> it's wild. So just one other thing. S Club 7 is coming to the U.S. for like the first time to tour. And I cannot wait. I'm going to the New York show. If any listeners are going, please let me know. I would love to have an S Club party with you. I would imagine a lot of our listeners are going to end up at the S Club 7 moment. I think that that's like a sure thing. I would hope so. <laughs> Um, I wanted to talk about, I'm not caught up on Southern Charm, and that's the reason I wanted to talk about it. I haven't watched the newest episode yet, but I'm getting caught up and I'm watching the last season. I've never missed a season of Southern Charm. I don't know how I did. And I always forget that show makes me so, like, it gives me, it raises my blood pressure. Stresses you out? Yeah, it makes me feel so many things. Because that group is so fucking toxic. And I've been binging it. And I just feel like, I don't know. There's this weird thing that happens on that show every year. Specifically with the boys. With Shep, Austin, and Craig, and Whitney. And I would include Thomas in that too. Like, it was still happening even when he was there. Where, like... I don't know, like, this toxic masculinity that is, like, really just chill there and, like, totally fine. I hate, I hate it. I hate how every year Shep Rose is, like, an abusive fucking asshole and he's so insecure and, like, jealous of his male friendships. Like, he hates women, clearly, and sees them as, like, objects but every year he just fucking chuckles his way out of it with those big ass teeth. And it's like always fine that Shep is just like in a, a, a fucking psycho. And it really bothers me. So I have dipped a toe in Southern charm. 
I have only seen like three episodes because on the plane, I was like, I might, well, Blair was watching it. So we shared headphones like high school and it was an episode where they went to Colorado. And all I could think is like, Craig is such a little bitch because I only know him from like summer house and winter house. And Mm -hmm. it was something where like he got on the shuttle before everyone else and then got mad that other people took too long and he was just like i'm gonna get my own car then i'm just gonna go and get my own car if that's what you guys you guys are up my ass like i'm like i hate craig (laughs) i'm a craig apologist which is probably like i know but the reason that i apologize for craig is because he's a soft boy amongst toxic bros Mm. and he's really the thing about Craig is that he's super emotional. He's in the terms of, in like Southern charm terms, he's like a feminine. Like he leans more towards being like feminine than <laughs> a big masculine douchebag like Shep. And he like cries and talks about his issues. And like, he's a soft boy. And they, you'll, I mean, if you keep watching the show, like basically what you discover is that Craig calls them out on their shit in a way that makes them feel super 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 uncomfortable so they try and like jump on top of him like he's a bomb that they need to put out especially the men like they all wolf pack him so that he doesn't call them out because he's one of the first people to have called Shep out on abusing women he always calls Whitney out like he calls out these fucking creeps he used to call out Thomas Ravenel who everybody thought it was so funny that he was fucking a what 21 year old girl when he was like 50 and that he got her pregnant and they blamed her they're just such a toxic group of people and like the women oh the other thing is that they surround themselves with these women that just mother them for the rest of their lives like Shep always has a rotation of like 20 girls around him who he'll never commit to or like marry he'll just trust fund until he's like dead Mm-hmm. and they just take turns babying him they take turns making him get up for work and you know telling him to get dressed and some and another one will come over and be like Shep clean your room and he's like he just kind of like hokies his way through it and it's <laughs> like, I'm just like these people trigger me so much but I'm really excited for the new season I fucking love Southern Charm but yeah that was it just a little rant well maybe I'll check back in with the Craig maybe maybe he'll grow on me a little differently yeah, a lot happens. So obviously this episode, we have so much to talk about. Um, and I just have to say it's a good, or last week was a good week to be a blind item reader. I said, I mm-hmm. sent Troy a message in like, obviously we do not create the blind items. That is NT lawyer, blind gossip, you know, Laney gossip. There are a bunch of different sites, but the calling out of Jimmy Fallon, Danny Masterson, and also the Joe Jonas of it all. Cause we have done mm-hmm. a Joe Jonas episode, everybody. Please listen to it. But those three were just like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, I do want to say Robin Roberts got married and I love Robin Roberts. And I just wanted to share that good news with everyone else. Oh, shout out to Robin Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Troy, I think you're gonna like this. Kylie and Timothy, I finally I'm just like, you know what, whatever I like them. It's just fun. Right. I decided to lean in after the U.S. Open. I was like, you know what? Whatever. They're fake. I can call them fake, but whatever. I like it. Anyway. 
Yes. And to all the people that are like so annoyed about it, you're doing exactly what they want. The fact that it's being talked about this much, the fact that people are already doing think pieces and debating it on TikTok and you're doing exactly, it doesn't matter how real or fake it looks, you're doing what they want. It's working. You know what I mean? And my favorite thing is obviously Laverne Cox was like in their uh, box, Mm -hmm. but so was Molly Ringwald in Desi girls i was like what i need to hear a conversation between desi and timothy chalmay <laughs> i loved it too because now that kylie is in her like sophia richie era she's in her quiet luxury era where she's a soft you know simple girl she's a t-shirt and jeans girl she's so simple you know what i mean gone are the days of the lime green wig kylie is now a wealthy basket carrying simple girl um she's white basically she's white again and i told a, you that was coming you know what i mean have, you really did say that that she was going to go back to being caucasian <laughs> <laughs> right and like the thing I don't think people realize because people would be like well she's like armenian i'm like no she isn't she's mm-hmm. not related to robert kardashian and like she's irish you- like if you compare her if you compare king kylie to the miss jenner of today it is she was riffraff kylie was literally riffraff and just so you guys know that is a hint to it's not even really a hint <laughs> but patreon we talk about riffraff yes she Kylie was truly giving riffraff back in the day but I just thought it was funny that they tried to make it like I don't know the U.S. Open feels like a branding thing because like the U.S. Open is a little bit more pinkies up it's a little bit more highbrow it's not a Lakers game it's not the floor seats of the Lakers it's like you know it's more highbrow to be a celebrity at the U.S. Open and it's so funny watching celebrities watch games because they're trying to act like they're into it, but not overact. But they also mm-hmm. want the viral moment, like how Selena Gomez had. Yes. Watching that dance is so funny. And like, I I follow this girl on TikTok. I don't I don't remember her name. If I can find the TikTok again, I'll post it. But she had posted this um, all these photos of like Kylie. Because now they're also trying to make it seem like she's like a bookworm and she's like this nerd, you know, she's leaning into this like very nerdy, like white girl, like her Evermore era. You know what I mean? She's like literally trying to become folklore. And I'm like, this woman, she posted these video- these photos of Kylie, like uh, allegedly playing tennis because she loves tennis now all of a sudden. And it was like her with these Chanel tennis rackets in Chanel outfits with full high whore glam. Clearly <laughs> not about to hit a tennis racket or a tennis ball. Like, girl, come on. That is so fucking funny. The rebrand is very silly. Dear Joe Jonas, you're on my last fucking nerve. <laughs> <laughs> From Kelly. Like, and he just said on his last to- show or whatever, he's like, if you don't hear it from my lips, don't believe it. Joe, 
you are working harder than Kristen Cavallari did during her divorce to Jay Cutler. All of the stories he's planting, all these things. And then to go and say that, because I think after we stopped recording the pop culture episode last week, that's when it came out that he filed for divorce after wearing his wedding ring the night before filed for Mm -hmm. divorce. And then like kept saying more things like Sophie's a partier and Joe's not, not true. That right. he heard something on the ring cam that was unforgivable. Like, Joe, Sophie made you fucking cool. Right. And this isn't like 20 years ago where you can just say something like that and we don't have access to be able to know that that's not true. Like, she's a partier and she's wild. T- 20 years ago, that shit would have worked and we would have ripped her ass apart. Now, like, we know, like, everybody knows the true tea, Joe. Even know if it's just blind item people that know that Joe parties DJs after shows like like I I just the gall to be like she's a wild party or a cheater come on Joe listen I don't mean, know what like your true thoughts about are because I remember the Joe episode like affected you <laughs> I mean I guess it's just like it's like you said at the beginning of the episode it's just like Shakespearean almost how this all played out like and to have the context of knowing because if we hadn't done that episode what I know that Joe was like a partier at some point sure but what I know the extent and the extreme of how rumored it is that he has had like some serious issues and that people have been like worried in his life and you know begging him to get help and blah 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 like to know all of that context, allegedly, of course, and then to see this play out like this, it just is really, a it's a shitty look. It really is. And again, I, again, like Sophie made Joe like a fashion guy. You know, Sophie, in my opinion, really helped people like Joe again. Because for a while, I don't think Joe was very well liked in the public eye. I would agree. And he, it felt like he was kind of spiraling out of control. Like as far as where he was going to go with his career, his solo shit didn't work. Um, Nobody really t- took, what was the name of that band? I mean, people loved Cake by the Ocean. Sure. But that one song, what other songs? It's like, what really is that band though? You know what I mean? Like longevity wise. <laughs> right. And blind items are now coming out saying that the band wanted to kick him out for partying. See, it's just, he's a messy queen. That's all I could say. It's, 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 it's what I always say about him. Those Jonas Brothers are such messy queens. And I wonder if, you know, obviously Nick is like the more serious one. If Nick's like, fucking button this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You better go get you a fucking beard and calm the fuck down, bruh. Because we're like at the height, I don't know if it's height of their career, but they're pretty big comeback right now. Right. He said that in between him and Priyanka filming a like a Tiffany's commercial. <laughs> Just It's so silly because, again, like Joe is playing like a 2010 type of PR coverage mm-hmm. when it's not that anymore. Right. Like you guys don't need to call into TRL to give your exclusives. We We all know what's going on. And I think it was last week I said, like, Joe put all this out there. And now everyone's like, but you slid into Gigi Hadid's DMs when she was 13 and you were 19. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) 
Now would be a good time to let you guys know that this podcast episode is brought to you by Living Proof. Hair problems can be complicated and finding the right product that works for me is an expensive game of trial and error. Thanks to Living Proof, I'm saving time and money by getting the specific products that actually work for my hair. So for me, I have very dry scalp. I actually have psoriasis and I have like thick, coarse hair. So finding shampoo for me is really expensive and also like having to go to dermatologists, get things checked out. But with Living Proof, all I had to do was take a quiz and it was perfect. So Living Proof is the leader in scientifically proven high-performance hair care. Their mission is to solve the world's toughest hair challenges by inventing different types of exclusive hair tech to treat individual hair health needs. Not sure what products are right for you? Instead of guessing, start by taking Living Proof's online hair care quiz, which analyzes your specific hair care needs and styling goals, then uses their first-to-market technology to help customize the right hair care routine for you. Living Proof studies the root cause of specific hair issues, and their scientists develop groundbreaking technologies to treat it. When the ideal formula or solution doesn't exist, Living Proof actually invents it. That's why they're certified with 120 global patents, 450 formulas, and over 200 awards. After 20 years of leading hair invention, Living Proof prides itself on their commitment to rigorous testing that is unparalleled within the hair care industry. Living Proof always formulates without silicones, harsh sulfates, SLSs, and SLESs, parabens, and more. They're also PETA certified, cruelty-free, color safe, and safe for chemically treated hair. Again, I told you guys, my hair really dry, really coarse, just kind of like a lot going on. Luckily, when I took their hair care test, I was able to get a also a defrizzer, which great. We love that. Not only that, they gave me a scrub for my scalp to help clean it, help clear it. And I love it. Personally, I use it almost every day. Every other day, I will say, because you're not supposed to wash your hair every day. But I love it. I love the way my hair looks with it. And I actually get complimented on my hair more now than ever. So save your hair from the guessing game and give it to the products your hair deserves with Living Proof. Visit livingproof.com slash blinds and use code blinds to get 15% off your first purchase. That's livingproof.com slash blinds, code blinds for 15% off your first purchase. livingproof.com slash blinds, code blinds. This week's episode is also sponsored by Fume. Cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. And we're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor or some super expensive product that you have to get over the counter. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your habit easy. 
Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for distressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. The thing that I think is really cool about this is that there is such a hand-to-mouth thing when it comes to like smoking or bad habits. And I don't know, I feel like them making it so that you can like fidget with it and play with it. It serves multiple purposes. And it's, I mean, it's like a fidget spinner. It's really cool. I love spinning it around. I'm also somebody who judges how well something is made or how expensive it is based on the weight. And it's actually heavy. It's like good thick wood. It's metal. And you can use it in places because like I said, there's no air being blown out. It's literally just flavored air. So you can be in a movie theater or a restaurant and you can take a little moment with it and nobody will even know. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard. But switching to fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that can't be you. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Head to tryfume.com and use code BLINDS to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfume.com and use code BLINDS to save an additional 10% off your order today. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with internet's best converting checkouts. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% off all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash blinds. I need you to know, Troy, that 22 minutes ago, Nick Jonas posted a picture with Priyanka that says, from seeing games with my brothers to one of my first dates with Priyanka Chopra and now playing a show at Dodger Stadium. What a full circle moment. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, in no better time to let you know how much we use Target. We depend on Target for all of our house needs. (laughs) And just a reminder, we lasted longer than Joe and Sophie. Right. She said, and we outlived, and then she went outside and clapped for the nurses. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I wanted to talk about, and something that's kind of been consecutively making headlines for the past couple of weeks, 
is these public appearances with Kanye and his current girlfriend, Bianca. Mm. And they just seem not great. Bianca looks like a hostage in many photos with him. I agree. And I feel like it's not being talked about enough. It's just like, oh, they went out in another silly outfit and it's distracting people from how fucking weird this is. Even her allegedly giving him a blowjob on that boat. Um, yeah. That was like, what's going on? We talked about this a little bit in our last happy hour. And I had said, you know, growing up, I've always looked at Kanye as like, he he likes having, they're not girlfriends. They're like muses. Like the way that Prince used to have muses. The way he had Carmen Electra and Apollonia. Like they're, they're like these projects mm-hmm. that he launches out into the world and then it's like I don't know I feel like it's an ego thing for him to then see how they take off and prosper because of him because of what he did look at Amber Rose because of me I turned her into a celebrity look at Kim an icon because of me and I think that that in his like narcissistic mind that's like his Steve Jobs thing like he's a genius look at what he creates these these icons now that you say that, I wonder if some of it like comes from the fact that he helped Jay-Z so much and didn't get credit for it mm-hmm. until way later. Oh, yeah, I could see that. It just was like a little light bulb moment. Obviously, I don't know if that's true, but it makes sense. I could see that because how, I mean, he's such a narcissist. It's like it must have eaten him alive in the deepest parts of his spirit that he was helping create an icon you know mm-hmm. and when it comes to her i just think that when you look at the eras of his girlfriends when you look at amber which we could say was his first real muse i know that he was in a relationship beyond be, before her but that was an actual relationship right you know what i mean it was an actual fiance she wasn't hired to be a mannequin for him And then Amber came along and I think that he saw an opportunity to like turn her into something and like create this like alien, whatever. And then Kim is where he really perfected this whole muse thing. And like he launched her and and turned her into a a cultural icon. But I do also think that you can look at Kanye's relationships as a reflection of his current mental state. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Even like even Julia Fox. Julia, hello. Right. Like the Julia era feels so weird and so different in comparison to like Amber because he was in such a different headspace for both of those relationships. And this one with Bianca in particular feels extremely dark. Like it just feels like what a shitty time to be a Kanye muse because he really has you walking around outside and ripped up pantyhose mm-hmm. like he has you walking outside in underwear like looking like you said like a like a, a sex trafficked hostage like i don't know it's just really dark and i feel like she is a just a straight up reflection of how disconnected he is right now that's so scary and it's also like i I guess worrisome to see pictures of like North with them. And of course I know Kanye is North's father and they should have a relationship, but like 
just how scared Bianca always looks makes me worried about like North being around whatever's happening. Yeah, because it feels unsavory. I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even when those pictures came out like on the boat, I was like, mm-hmm. that's like humiliating. Yeah. It's a humiliation thing. And it's, I know like hand on the back of her head, just like all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I guess I just feel like, like when North was first born, I remember thinking like, you know, at least this kid will have Kanye who didn't grow up in this world. Like, you know, they, she has one parent who is still very much rooted in like who he was before fame, which is like a Chicago, you know, like rapper who like made beats for other people. And like, he was so like still Kanye. And now it's like, that's so far gone. Like her dad has, I don't know. The whole thing is actually just like really sad. Yeah. I think the whole Kanye watching his legacy be so tarnished and you know his anti-semitic rant like fuck him to be honest right and then of him coming back being like nah guys i learned my lesson i read some books it's like shut up you have so many followers and you wanted to like put those words out there it's it's insane to know the kanye we started with through the wire to now Yeah, it's, like, wild that it's even the same human being. Like, I used to literally, oh, God, I don't even want to get into it, but I was obsessed with that man. And, you know, I'm obviously not trying to make excuses for him, but I definitely think, like, when I saw him acting out and doing all of the anti-Semitic stuff, I was like, God, like, this feels like such a result of him being, like, really far gone. Yeah. Like, he just feels so gone. And even, like, seeing him out, it's, like, when you see his face, it's, like, it's, like, not him. Like, he just literally feels like a different person. Like, a brain was taken out and a different one was put in, and it's, like, not him. Like, that family really just fucked him up. His face is totally different. Yeah. Like, (laughs) CSI girls, take a minute and stop posting pictures or videos of Britney spinning, because you've been doing that for two years. Do me a favor and start getting into the 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 Kanye AI of it all. Because who the fuck is Kanye? Whose face is that? And also, when did it switch? Because I remember when he first got with Kim, it was very like, he seemed to be like very happy. He was smiling. And then something just like, like a switch was flipped. It's crazy. Well, I don't think that Kanye West was ever meant to be. Their relationship to me was doomed from the start because Kanye is not. He was never meant for this level of public consumption. Like, Mm. it's not meant to have cameras in his home. Yeah. He's not that guy. Like, and he's never been that guy. Like, he's, to be a person who already has kind of a weird relationship with fame, to then marry a woman whose fame depends on her 24 hours a day being seen and having every private moment be public I just think it was the worst thing that he could have ever possibly done. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like crazy. Also, just to end it, there's a really good, um, it's on HBO Max. There's a, uh, I'm going to look it up really quick just so I get the name of it because I know people are going to ask us. 
Um, before we move on from Kim and Kanye, I did want to say uh, on Max right now on HBO, there's a like a little two part docu series called Kim and Kanye or Kim versus Kanye. The first episode is about Kanye, and the second one is about Kim, and it's really good. I mean, it doesn't tell you a whole lot that you don't know, but it's just like from a really interesting perspective. It makes some really good points if you guys haven't seen it. It's funny you say that because I thought it was just going to be like, you know how Hulu has those weird like ABC. I thought it was going to be like that. So now that it's you tell me it's good, I'll actually watch it. I thought the same thing. I don't even know what made me play it because I was like, oh, that's going to be like literally Diane's story being like Kanye West rose to fame. Like, you know what I mean? But it was really good. Just real quick, a few people DM'd us about Aaron Rodgers. Do you know what happened to to our Prince of the Pod? Um, he tore his Achilles tendon or something. Like first play as a Jet, and that's honestly probably a career ending injury for him. So, really? Prince of the Pod, we're thinking of you. Wow, are you? Can you believe I knew? I, I was actually like shocked. I thought you were gonna be like, what? <laughs> did he take a picture with Joe Jonas again? <laughs> no, I just read that anything about an Achilles tendon or an, that always kind of sticks with me. It's like really <laughs> hard. So for some news that people acted totally sane and normal about over the weekend, <laughs> Chris Evans is allegedly married. <laughs> yes. The way the internet reacts to anything about Chris Evans will always crack me up. It's so funny. People are so invested in him. And I want to know your opinion about this because he married a 26-year-old and he's like 42. And Mm -hmm. Twitter's very much like, it's okay because she's in her 20s. Obviously, you know, she's 26. Her brain's developed at this point, whatever. But what do you think of that kind of age gap? I don't find an age gap. And I think that people have... I think that people should have the right to date older people if they want. Like, you know, I I can't like be angry at Sarah Paulson because she likes to date older women. Like you should be allowed to, if that's what you're attracted to, but you should be adult enough to make that decision in your life based on your experiences. You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be because you're 19 and you need a fucking dad and somebody's like brain, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it can be very sinister, but I also think, I think it's fine if both people are, like, chill with it and they're, like, adults, you know? What do you think about it? No, I agree with you. I do wonder if there is some kind of power struggle because, obviously, Chris Evans is, like, Captain America and mm-hmm. Alba's kind of becoming, like, a newer actress. But, yeah. I mean, whatever. I don't really yeah. give a f- fuck if as long as they're both okay do i squint my eyes a little like why are you 42 dating a 26 year old you weirdo maybe right but like you know she's 26 yeah she's closer to 30 than 18 right like again i'm just kind of like okay chris evans you little fucking loser but (laughs) (laughs) but no it will always shock me the way that people just like he is truly like for a man who truly means so little to me he means so much to so many people and with his little fake Boston accent, like I know he has a little one. I know where he's from Massachusetts, but when he was on the um, red carpet sometime last year, he's like, all right, all right. Or whatever the fuck he said. I was like, that is put on. That's why Michaela on TikTok gets away with her voice. <laughs> he pulled a Cara Maria leaving a challenge. Right. 
<laughs> oh my god, Cara Maria. When Cara leaves the uh whatever they're calling it that year, the battleground or whatever it is, she is like, I mean, it's like an it's like the SNL skit. You know what, TJ? I, uh, I did my best, but you know, I'll, I'll try harder next time. I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, I just talk like this. So like, literally, no, you don't. <laughs> like, you're not CT. CT's accent is actually real. <laughs> right. He's had it since 99 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we also have to talk about Drew Barrymore, which like, I'm sure a lot of you have read the post that she posted on her Instagram where she's basically explaining, um, I'll just read it. I made a choice to walk away from the MTV Film and Television Awards because I was the host and it had direct conflict with what the strike was dealing with, which was studios, streamers, film, and television. It was also in the first week of the strike. And so I did what I thought was the appropriate thing at the time to stand in solidarity with the writers. And to be clear, our talk show actually wrapped in April of t- April 20th, so we never had to shut down the show. However, I am also making the choice to come back for the first time in this strike for our show. That may have my name on it, but this is a big this is bigger than me. I own this choice. We are in compliance with not discussing or promoting film and television that is struck of any kind. We launched live in a global pandemic. Our show was built for sensitive times and has only functioned through what the real world is going through in real time. I want to be there to provide what writers do so well, which is a way to bring us together or help us make sense of the human experience. I hope for a resolve for everyone as soon as possible. We have navigated difficult times since we first came on air. And so I take a step forward to start season four, once again, with an astute humility. What did you think about it? I mean... Drew, I don't want to talk badly, like, <laughs> but like, I know some of like I think Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel are actually paying their staff out of their own pocket. So mm-hmm. maybe if Drew does something like that, then I can be like mm-hmm. totally down with it. But until I hear something like that, it's just kind of like we know you love to like close talk everybody and hug them so tight, but you need to do that to the writers, right? I agree. The pay, the pay thing is like, that's, I didn't think about that. That's an interesting like point. Yeah. I just, I think if she was to pay them out of her own pocket and all that, like Mm -hmm. totally, totally fine. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not someone who's okay with crossing picket lines, I guess. I'm always just so surprised when celebrities don't just throw money at stuff. (laughs) Right. Like Drew, you do have a lot. Like just pay. Yeah. Like you said, just pay them out of your own pocket and like literally that handles it and you don't even have to think about it about it yeah I guess even if you don't mean it to be like well I just care about the writers like make yourself look better exactly I'm actually I'm I'm shocked that she's coming back that like this and like really like with this stance you know yeah I would imagine she must have been it sounds like she may have been like pressured yeah but even still like I don't know. I don't. It's not a good look. It really isn't. It's not a good look. She's like, we have. She's like, I can't help it. We have to do more skits and more close talking. <laughs> Something else that isn't a good look. Um, Carl from Summer House, who I've always had bad vibes about since day one. <laughs> there was a people exclusive because a someone 
that was invited to the wedding leaked the email that Carl sent them. And I do not blame that guest at all. To have to wait two weeks to figure out like what the fuck is going on. And mm-hmm. Carl was basically like, you know, Lindsay's devastated. This is really hard for me. Um, we're really sorry. <laughs> it's like, I and the the guests can't get their money back from the hotel. So he did this two days after like the refund notice, I guess was called. Do you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yes. Um, so he did it two days after that. And I guess the guests just have to be like, do we want to like just go to Mexico just to go to Mexico? Do we want to pull a Katie? Yeah, literally, you want to pull a Katie Maloney? Or, and I don't know, I think it's just like a shitty way to treat your guests and leave them in the dark for two weeks. I guess maybe like take a day or two. Mm -hmm. But I do not blame that person for leaking that email. I want to know how much they made. I want to know everything about it. Listen, I'm already very not sympathetic to straight people who are just obnoxious with their fucking weddings. And not, and like, you know, have your wedding theme be whatever you want, but the way you treat people. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very like, like heteronormative straight wedding thing where you just think because you're, you decided to have a random moment where your boyfriend went to Zales and got you a fucking sacred hearts ring that, that all of a sudden the world is shut down for you. Mm-hmm. People all of a sudden have infinite amount, amounts of money. They can travel at any time of the of the year from to any part of the world and buy tickets. They can spend absorbent amounts of money on clothes that they will never wear. You know what I mean? And they will be beaten up by you emotionally and take a bunch of abuse from you because your boyfriend went to Jared's. I just don't like that shit would piss me off. I would be really mad. And I think what's so interesting about the timing of everything, um, Bravo and Cocktails is the Instagram. They always post a lot of really like good Bravo tea. If anyone doesn't follow them, blind items and a lot of stuff they post is actually true. And they actually posted someone DM them and they were like, I am a guest at this wedding. The wedding has not been called off. We don't know anything. So all that we know is they are getting married. And then like a few days later, the email went out. I would have raised hell. I'm actually proud of that person. Me too. And again, like, I know people don't like Lindsay Hubbard. Me personally, I think she's great TV. I think Lindsay Hubbard is like a top tier reality star. Um, But she still has not put out a statement. So I need everyone to be like, she's trying to make Carl look bad. Carl's making Carl look bad. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I know. It's because he doesn't have a woman telling him what to do next exactly he's just free balling right now and he's like wiling out <laughs> he doesn't have a woman puppet puppeting him to his next move he's like mom she's like no i like Lindsay. click <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally she loves Lindsay. so speaking of other men that annoy us jimmy fallon <laughs> is finally getting his day And I think that was one of the first things you and I said. I think he was in like my OG nightmare blunt rotation. Jimmy Fallon has been not liked by us forever. And honestly, it's so nice to see these people who put on this smile, but make people's lives fucking hell get their day. 
Yeah, I really hope that, because here's the thing, I don't think, and I don't know him, obviously, <laughs> but I don't, I, Jimmy doesn't strike me as a bad person. He just seems like to be a mess, and he really seems like he needs, like, help. Like, there, I think that there is a world where there's a, a big redemption arc for Jimmy Fallon if he gets help and is, like, open and honest about how, like, inauthentic he's been. Because you can't just be drunk on TV. And <laughs> and I know, oh, I also wanted to say, hilarious, hilarious to me, the debate in our comments about people, of whether, they, whether or not they thought Jimmy was drunk or not. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if you, I, I to me, he was one, like, sip away from being cartoon drunk where there's like bubbles coming out of somebody's mouth and they're holding like a hooch bottle with a bunch of x's on it that is how jimmy comes up to me sometimes on that show but i can't believe people were like was he drunk i couldn't tell i completely agree with you and i i don't i agree with you about his redemption arc too because in the article, it was very like, he has too many yes men surrounding him. You know, he can mm-hmm. show up and be volatile. He can show up and be drunk. He can show up and do all these things, but there's no one around him to like course correct. And mm-hmm. when he shows up and he's like flipping out, usually it's like a substance thing. Allegedly, right. allegedly, I guess I should say. But even in the article, it says that like they called the guest dressing rooms the crying rooms so after jimmy would flip out or do whatever P- pas or whoever would just go into the crying room <sighs> like imagine having a wasted sweaty man that everybody thinks is this like just silly goofball nice guy doing that to you and you can't say anything and and, and also his show hinges on you and 30 plus employees talked about this. Good for that. I completely agree. I mean, you can't treat people like shit at work. Treat them like shit off no. work. I don't know. <laughs> like... I'm sorry, but you can't, you cannot be rewarded with millions and millions and millions of dollars to show up drunk at work and mumble through a bunch of dumb fucking questions. Like, we also have to talk about the fact that that show, I do not understand how that show is still on TV. It is unbearable. He's an unbearable host. He's not good at interviewing. He doesn't ask good questions. He isn't, and like at one point he was funny. He's lost all sense of like humor and charm with these fucking stupid like yes pal jokes it's just like it's unbearable and you're being paid you're hosting the tonight show like it's insane it's so crazy and he interrupts so much which i fucking hate and then like say ariana grande's well their blind items are crazy again go listen (laughs) to the jimmy fallon episode if you haven't but like selena gomez will go on and be like my favorite color is yellow who'll be like (laughs) no way Mm -hmm. my favorite color is yellow Uh, can you believe we're best friends it's like what i can't believe pal your favorite color is yellow my favorite color is pal it's amazing pal and then it's like what the fuck did i just watch like you played hopscotch and talked about your favorite color and she did a share impression that's the interview 
I will say I do love the impression wheel. I can't lie. <laughs> I, I I will. I that's my cross <laughs> to bear. That's my cross to bear. I don't need to hear Jimmy Fallon pretend to be like four non-blondes. I just want to hear Ariana Grande sing Celine Dion. It is one of his better bits. Yeah, that's about all I get from him. But I don't know. It's just like, it's so interesting that all these people who have these fake nice personalities are finally like being exposed. Kelly Clarkson, though, you get behind me. They have to get to (laughs) me to get to you. You know, I will also say, just to play devil's advocate, I will say, I, and I've said this, like, so publicly that I feel like I need to be honest about it. I was a very big fan of his show when it was the late, late show, when it was on at, like, 1 Mm a.m. That's when he was in his bag. That's when Jimmy Fallon was the charming, funny, smart, like, just maybe not smart's the best way to describe, but charming and funny. Like, his personality was so... um, endearing and like warm and the show was like well oiled and it just made more sense almost for him to be on at like 1 a.m it was like just more his vibe and I feel like when he took over for Jay Leno is when all hell broke loose for me like I just don't think I don't know I don't think that he was meant to take over that spot I really don't I don't think it's him but I did like him when it was just like you know, 1230 at night and it was him in the roots and he was like chill. So I have a theory I'd love for you to comment and tell me your thoughts as well. So obviously Horacio Sands is kind of going to be taken down soon, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jimmy Fallon is allegedly involved in that case. And I think they needed to bring Jimmy Fallon down and have people see like who he actually is. Because if that case gets like bigger, which I hope it does, you know, I hope mm-hmm. the victims get um, compensation and all of that. And, you know, I hope he gets Horatio Sands gets put away. But Jimmy Fallon, if he's involved in that, people would be like, Jimmy Fallon would never allow that. Jimmy Fallon's funny and nice and everyone loves him. So you think they had to like warm people up to the idea that he is like not a great guy? I before, think. So they could like believe it. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that because it feels very obviously when those things happen, there's like a whole like it's calculated. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying like it's not just one random day on a Monday you come into work and everybody decides to take on their boss, you know? Mm-hmm. You have to like plan that for a long time and like when you do it and how you do it, the way that you go about it, all of that's like super important. So it's thought out. Like they would have had to have you know, there's got to be a reason. So that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's really what I think is going to happen. And I wonder if more stuff's going to come out about what happens behind the scenes of SNL. Because I've heard like Lauren Michaels ready to leave. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. NBC is a mess. The Peacock is a mess right now. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. So before we end this episode, of course... And we saved it for last because, you know. Because <laughs> we, we want to talk. listen. We want you to stream. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about Danny and Ashton and Mila. And I mean, what are your thoughts? Like, what were you thinking when it was all happening? Well, you were in Vegas. I was. I Don't worry. I kept up with it the whole time I was there. <laughs> I guess it, it was just kind of like a 
hell yeah moment. I don't know how else to explain it because Ashton Kutcher is another one who's fooled people for so long. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that this also opens up the door for Wilmer Valderrama to get exposed more. And you know what? Justice for Topher Grace, because the way the cast made him out to be like an asshole and an outsider and wanting nothing to do with them, it just, it makes sense why he didn't, honestly. And reading Ashton and Mila's letters, first of all, nobody proofread those. There were no (laughs) commas to be found. (laughs) And I think the sickest part of the whole letter, obviously, like the whole thing is insane. The sickest part is they kept hammering that he's not, he doesn't do drugs and he keeps people away from drugs because the girls were drugged. So that mm. was an exact dig at the victims. Right. And I don't think yes. people are have put that together that much. They're more just like shocked in general, but the drug part, because you know what they could say is something like, you know, jail is supposed to rehabilitate people and the Danny we know is great but like these victims Mm. we believe them like they could kind of word it a different way and the fact that they said in their video we thought these were this was for the judge only well that was the craziest thing to me I was just like oh so you you are saying that you didn't think anybody would ever see this see these letters And in the video, Mila just seems fucking angry. Angry and also just like so unable to pull it off. Like Ashton was able to at least pull off some like fake um, sincerity. Like, Like he seemed remorseful even if it was fake. Mila literally was like, I was like, girl, weren't you in Black Swan? She's inconvenient. Yeah. She was just like, oh my God. And then there's like the moment in the video where he like cuts her off and and then he like throws her off because she's clearly reading. Like they're both reading, but like you can literally see her reading. And then when he cuts her off, it throws off her, you know, planned out thing that she was going to say. It's just like really awkward. Like I think that that video will go down in infamy. It's like a very, like a, a celebrity moment that is just like, what just happened? And now everyone's pulling stuff that Ashton said, say about Hillary Duff. He called her one of the girls. Everyone is ho- waiting to turn 18. Mm-hmm. And and now people are going to look into Thorn and he, they're going to look into his relationship with the CIA. And they're like, oh, wait, so a sex trafficking stuff isn't, you know, how can you be? You can't be friends with a rapist and also care about like sex trafficking and sex assaults. I'm sorry. It's just absurd. You You can't be both. I feel like they're also going to start re-examining the way he treated Demi because he was abusive to her and you know she suffers from substance issues and like I just think that he had her in that house going crazy I really do I think that he like I'm not going to use the term gaslit but I think that he was able to really like fuck her up pretty bad in life yeah yeah it's just it's insane and um i wanted to read what christina ricci posted because i thought it was like perfect so i think she summed it up perfect so sometimes people we have loved and admired do horrible things 
They might not do these things to us and we only know who they were to us, but that doesn't mean they didn't do horrible things to discredit the abuse is a crime. People we know as, quote, awesome guys can be predators and abusers. It's tough to accept, but we have to. If we say we support victims, women, children, men, boys, then we must be able to take this stance. Unfortunately, I've known lots of awesome guys who were lovely to me who have been proven to be abusers privately. I've also had personal experience with this. Believe victims. It's not easy to come forward and it's not easy to get a conviction. And I feel like when somebody like Christina Ricci speaks up and talks about this, it's like, you better fucking listen. Because nobody knows stuff like this better than someone like her who has been in this industry since she was born and has worked with everybody. I mean, Christina Ricci has seen all that you can see in Hollywood, you know? And she's the one who keeps kind of quiet. Yes. So she just works and kind yeah. of keeps her head down. Like she's not in the business of trying to like ruin people's lives. Cause if she wanted to, I'm sure Christina Ricci could have done that many times. I also wanted to talk about um a lot of people were like, even in our comments on the post, like the Mila of it all, I think is very confusing for people because it's like, was Mila groomed? Clearly. Right. I mean, you know, that's I think that's very obvious at this point. And that, you know, that set was a really toxic place for her. And then she also grew up and did a really bad thing. And this is what we talk about literally all the time is like those two things can be true. You can be sad for somebody that they were groomed as a 14-year-old on a set surrounded by the worst predators in Hollywood at the time. And also people who basically ran the club scene. Like Ashton Kutcher and Wilmer Valderrama were their own pussy posse and they ran the clubs. Like, you know what I mean? They were in charge of like who was cool and who wasn't cool in that world at that time. So that's fucked up. And then also it's really sad that she grew up and is so has such a warped sense of reality that she thinks it's okay what she did. That's fucked. That's just dark. Right. She seemed inconvenienced in that video. Yes. Yeah. Like, they deserve heat, you know? And yes, I have known people who've done terrible stuff and I've distanced myself from them. I didn't stay friends with them for 20 plus years. Right. And pay their, and I mean, wait until the girls find out that they've been paying their bills. Hey guys, we do have an Ashton episode and a Danny episode <laughs> and a Wilmer episode. <laughs> yes. And... I mean, I think that if any of this stuff, well, I think that a lot of this stuff has proven itself as far as blind items go to be true, you know, and you and I read those blinds about his ex-girlfriend that he walked, clearly walked into her home when he saw that she was dead because his prints were in her home and told the police that, you know, she was, he thought it was Merlot. Um, that was a blind item. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and now everybody's talking about it. And now allegedly he called Danny right after it happened. Right. That's fucking, that is like, if a person can do that, you are 10 times more treacherous than anybody ever even thought. I mean, my God, like what? 
January Jones and Brittany Murphy tried to warn us about Ashton Kutcher years ago. You know, I thought about Brittany because I just can't imagine the number that he pulled on her. And I remember reading about how he was like, you know, always commenting on her appearance and stuff and like made her feel really bad about herself. And I just, it makes me want to wrap my hands around his throat, the thought of him like being mean to Brittany Murphy and, you know, just that the way that he charms women and then turns into a fucking monster because he's Ashton Kutcher. He's literally Shep Rose, by the way. <laughs> I will say, you know, we always talk about like separating art from the artist and things like that. But I, it bums me out because I loved that 70s show and I genuinely cannot look at that show the same way. It's impossible. I'm sorry. It's impossible. There's just too much. It's like every single person. And then to find out all these years later that Topher was like, you know, that they they basically gave him the Catherine Heigl edit. They were like, <laughs> he's a bitch. <laughs> ah. I mean, I honestly, it was validating as someone who has a blind item podcast, I guess. Yeah. But it's when people are like, aren't blind item shit? Clearly they're not. The, just look at, again, Danny in, um, look at Jimmy Fallon too. Right. So if you guys haven't listened to like our Danny, Ashton, and Wilmer episode, please do. A lot of people want us to do that 70s show, but those three are like the three fucking horsemen from hell. Yeah, I think the only other person, well, so I know that, you know, the two parents in the show were Scientologists, but we, I don't remember, I don't think that there are any blinds really about them, you know, and there's the sister. And we're doing a Lara prep pre-pawn light kind of for the public episode or for our public blind episode so there's a hint on what what's coming to you for thursday yes and it was very silly and fun to record (laughs) um but yeah i don't know it's just i don't know if i can ever watch that show again and not just be watching it like it's like a dateline episode or something And I have to say, it's so interesting being at this point of celebrity gossip because you and I have followed pop culture since we were young, right? Right. And people used to be able to, you know, sit down with a Barbara Walters or Diane Sawyer and get ahead of it. Like Liz Bentley and I think Molly McPherson on TikTok also bullshit kind of the same thing that Ashton and Mila should have had to sit down with Gail King or someone and been like, this is why we did it. This is like, you know what I mean? Instead of just having this angry ass response on Instagram. But again, like watching the public be able to, public who aren't in pop culture the way we are, just be like, this is weird. They did this stupid. Or even the Joe Jonas thing being like, no, Joe, we can tell that you're the one putting out these videos. Yeah, people are much more aware now and like, I don't know. It's like, it's interesting to think about that because if this was like 10 years ago, that would be what we would expect to happen. Like, basically, we wouldn't hear anything from them for like maybe weeks. And this story would just build and build and build and build and build and get bigger and bigger and bigger, but we wouldn't hear anything. And then at 8 p.m. on, you know, Wednesday or whatever, everybody would gather around the TV to watch the moment when they finally talk about it. And not just in a weird PR written, you know, letter that takes two seconds to read on Instagram Live. 
an hour. Mm -hmm. An hour. Where they have to answer lots and lots of questions by somebody who, like Barbara Walters, who was a literal sharp, who was created in this world to get answers out of people like that. And, oh, I miss the good old days. <laughs> All I can think of when we were interviewed for LA Times, we both said like with blind items coming out, with people kind of becoming smarter with celebrity culture in general, PR is going to have to work harder. They're going to have to figure it out and be smarter than this. For sure. Because this did not help Ashton and Mila at all. It made it a hundred times worse. It was so tone deaf and so stupid. It's because they need, they literally need people like us managing them. (laughs) For real. (laughs) They need people like us and like Liz Bentley being like, no, don't do that. They just slap their hand away and be like, no, that's not the right thing to do. No. And don't do it like on the side of your house with like a sad gray background. <laughs> you have a little respect. You show up at uh, ABC Studios. You sit in front of Diane Sawyer, and you let her literally rip your intestines out on live television for an hour. That's how you handle a PR situation. <laughs> so, guys, that was that was our pop culture episode. Just a reminder: we do have a blind episode or a blinds, a blind item episode that comes out on Thursdays, and then also our Patreon weekly episode is on Saturdays. And also, come hang out with us at our live shows. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be a fu- it's going to be this basically, but drunk and in person. And you guys get to scream stuff at us on from the stage, and it's interactive. And you'll leave with new friends. So even if you just come to make friends, it'll be worth it. And we can't wait to see you guys there. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.